Welcome to Pod Me If You Can. I'm David Farrell. And I'm Lloyd Hughes. And today's film is Life of Pi, directed by Ang Lee. Almost it was M. Night Shyamalan, Lloyd. Oh, God. Because <laughs> uh, we're going to talk about it and then all the twists in its tail. But uh, just a heads up, we've already seen the film, and if you haven't, there might be some spoilers in this podcast that uh, hurt your viewing of the film. If you're happy to have it spoiled, feel free to listen in. Otherwise, maybe perhaps watch Life of Pi and then come back to this podcast. Lloyd, how fake will the CGI look? That was my thinking before going into this film. Um, All I could think of was, obviously the tiger is going to be CGI, and... It's Castaway, isn't it? Tom Hanks' movie Castaway, except he's with a tiger instead of a volleyball oh, named a, Wilson. That, that's an interesting comparison. Yeah, definitely. And and all I could think was, he's going to be on this boat with this living tiger, and how fake will it look? You know, <laughs> and it's it's not bad. It's convincing enough that I feel like that's where a lot of the budget has gone. Yeah, I heard this was, um, novel was unfilmable. Like that was one of the most famous things about it. sort of like Hearts of Darkness and how everyone had to adapt that. Eventually, becoming Apocalypse Now by Joseph Conrad, and uh, yeah, Life of Pi was one of those films that's uh, one of those books that was regarded to be unfilmable. And now technology's caught up, and they can actually just animate a tiger. So uh, it, basically, the actor's just acting against a puppet, really. Yeah, definitely. And look, just looking at the budget, 120 million. Wow. It's grossed 609 million. Wow, yeah. <laughs> you know, and obviously Ang Lee got his uh, Academy Award for directing. The cinematography is fantastic. Um, I just feel like, for me, there isn't much in this film. I saw this in um, 3D um, at the movies. So I, I don't know if it was shot for 3D or if it was, was one of those films where they just shot it and then re rendered it in 3D. But um, this is Ang Lee, who's regarded by many to be an auteur. This is his um, hand at um, the 3D world. <laughs> and the 3D was good? Yeah, the 3D was okay. I- I'm not a big thing of 3D. Like, I-, I-, I don't hate it at all, but at the same time, I don't think a movie... If a movie's bad, it's going to be bad. If a movie's good, it's going to be good. You know, 3D doesn't really add much to it. <laughs> sure. Um... So, yeah, like I was saying, for me, the content of this film, um, the more interesting stuff happens before he gets onto the boat, you know. He um, he has that scene where he tries to feed the tiger and he could lose his arm. He has the love interest. He has, you know, a whole life before they move. And um, for me, I was really enjoying the film until the shipwreck, wow. you know. yeah. When the shipwreck happens for me... I was thinking, okay, yeah, let's see how this goes. And then it becomes a very, as it would be, I'm sure, it becomes very, like, uh, repetitive and slow. And uh, though that's where all the beautiful shots are, mm. I was hoping for more to happen. Yeah. You know? And then we'll get to the ending, but how he's sort of lied about it, and it's like um, the truth is the, you know, the... The monkey, the orangutan, was his mother, and the chef was the tiger, and things like that. Um, you know that kind of 
possibly even annoyed me about the film. I was like, what is this? You know, the biggest and this issue probably also with the film was it threw down a massive gauntlet. Like this, some writer hunts down this guy. Oh, I want to hear your story, and the guy goes, "Oh, this will the story will make you believe in God." And it throws down this yes. big epic gauntlet that you're going to walk down. Like, okay, I can't wait. This is going to be the best story ever. And I'm sorry, you failed miserably because you built it up so much, and you just don't have that payoff at the end you're just like yeah that was all right it was like a survivor tale (laughs) yeah um for me as well the framing device of this movie is that you know he lives because he's telling the story the framing device is this writer is hearing about it and i think the writer was meant to be the person who wrote the book yep right so it's as if the writer who wrote the book went and found someone you know named Mm. pi or piscine and who heard his story and then put it into his book. But I, as I understand it, the book has no framing device like this, that there's no writer in the book. You just hear the tale. Oh, okay, right? yeah. Now, I, correct me if I'm wrong, someone on the internet, but that's sort of how I found a review of the book and, and didn't strike me that it was the same as the film. So having that framing device... You find out he's alive because he's telling the story straight away and therefore he's in no real danger, isn't he? So everything that happens, I'm just going, he'll be fine, he'll be fine, you know, and it's kind of an adventure film aimed at children almost, I thought. Like, my um, 18-month-old daughter loved seeing all the animals and she was just, like, she can make the noises of half of these animals now, so she loved the intro with all the animals And she just kind of watched it and was like, you know, splash, splash, you know, he's in a boat, there's a tiger, you know, rah, rah, just, (laughs) she, it felt like it was, she really enjoyed it. Yeah. (laughs) You know. As a kid's film, I think it's very, very good because it has those heavy themes, but I I wouldn't categorize this as a kid's film because it it seems like they're trying to target, uh, I don't know, uh, an older audience with this just because a lot of the themes can be dark and can be heavy. And I always believe kids shouldn't be um, watered down so much, like the movie shouldn't be watered down. I like like how the main character and the tiger didn't become best friends at the end. He still had to keep an arm's length from that tiger because he's just chaos it's an animal you don't know what it's going to do it'll eat you the first second it Mm -hmm. can get but they've got that dual relationship which was very very interesting Uh, i i thought a lot of the cgi puppetry made it very distant and not as beautiful as i'd wanted it to like the scene with a flying fish and he sees the whale i knew you were going to mention that scene yeah yeah it was just stupid i i I, everyone goes oh look how beautiful it is and i just thought oh come on like they just went too over the top if it was just a slight glimmer of it not not don't go all out with your cg just hold back a little bit it would have had much more of an impact but because it takes three seconds to be toy story or you know a few minutes to be toy story showing you all these cgi fish and um, whales it just had no effect on me i thought the cg was used really well in that island when he gets to the island which i think is the best scene of the movie um that weird carnivorous island and it's eating Mm. you digest everything that uh, was the best usage of cgi i think Uh, and the tiger having having the meerkats yeah having the meerkats and that weird uh, island that i don't know if it could ever exist but it was just almost believable that it could and um well the island the island was shaped like a sleeping human oh i I don't know if you noticed that. that no i didn't notice that at all 
from the distant shot of all the trees it's shaped like a sleeping human. I like it how it produces the teeth in one of the flowers he's sitting on the tree. Yeah. yeah, that was cool. Oh, I haven't seen such a magical island since Lost was on. <laughs> it turned evil, right? And the water turns to acid at night. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, that's uh, frustrating. Does, does that actually exist or an island like that? Uh, I'm not as far as I'm aware. Yeah, me not either. as far as I'm aware. It's like that was the bit where if you believe in God, you'll believe that he would give you this island of salvation when you needed a rest and when Richard Parker the tiger needed a feed and, you know, you can sleep in the tree for a bit and have a swim and it's like this was something that no one's ever seen the island since yeah. in terms of the story. Yeah. You know, so that was the bit which he must believe was God. Mm. And, I mean, obviously surviving such a crash and everything, that's he's also attributed that to God and stuff like that. Yep. I like it when, I the, know, when I g- the crash happens and the whole uh, uh, boat was sinking down. You see those animals swimming away. That was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah look, and I get, you get a hyena, monkey, tiger, and a zebra and pie on Pi's Ark. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I didn't know any other animals were going to be on that boat. You know, I didn't notice in the trailer if there was a monkey or a tiger or a zebra or anything. Well, anything, sorry, besides the, the tiger. tiger. Sure. Um, yeah, it's a real little snapshot of the animal kingdom. You know, hyena kills the zebra, and then the monkey, then the tiger jumps at the camera to kill the hyena. Yep. You know, and there's sharks all around them. We didn't really have an issue with them. No. With the sharks. But um, ultimately, I mean, you know it's going to be him and a tiger. That's what all the promotional materials are. So I was just waiting around for the, the tiger to, um, you know, take everybody out. And I don't know, I... I don't want to say treading water, but the middle of the film where it's all repetition and stuff, I was quite bored. And <laughs> yeah. perhaps that's because I've seen it at home on DVD. Compare that perhaps to Castaway. Did you feel bored in Castaway? Because you said there were very similar movies um, and everything. Well, he, I'm going to come back to the framing device. You don't know whether or not oh, he's going to live yeah. in Castaway. You don't think he's going to get off the island necessarily, you know. Let alone get back. Yeah, that's let alone true. Because see. when Castaway was a big Hollywood production by Robert Zemeckis and Tom Hanks, and yeah, the whole time you're watching, where is this movie going? Like, what is the narrative structure of this movie? Because it isn't a conventional Hollywood movie. Like the first time you see it, of course, at the end, it's all very fluffy and everything like that. But yeah, you're right. The first viewing experience of Castaway, you have no idea where it's going. Just uh, spoilers for Castaway, guys, in case you haven't seen <laughs> Sorry. Castaway. Um, I was going to say the ending isn't that fluffy because he goes back home and she's married someone else. It's been years. Yeah, no, that's know. a good point. That's a really good point. She's remarried and moved on and everyone thought he was dead and it's like And I like that. It's reality. realistic. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. not like the girl waited forever like in that awful movie Salmon Fishing in the Yemen. Um, you know, with the yeah. soldier, kind of, oh, let's not bring that movie up. But yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, it wasn't. If you wasn't want our thoughts on salmon fishing in the Yemen, there's a podcast there you can find in our list. Yeah, and check out Warhorse while you're at it. <laughs> yeah. And try and tell us which film is worse. Yeah. <laughs> um, but in Castaway, for example, you don't know what's going to happen. And I was annoyed in this because I'm like, he'll be fine, you know. 
He's not going to lose any limbs because of the tiger. You know, he's, he's going to be completely fine. Yeah, the, you're right. The framing, but, yeah, you convinced me. The framing device really hurt the film. Both its build-up, how the guy speaks, oh, yeah, this story will make you believe in God, and in the sense that you know everything's going to be fine at the end. Honestly, I think if I didn't know anything about the film at all and I started watching it, I would still pick up on the fact that because it's a story, he will be fine, you know? Yeah. And that's that's the worst thing for me. That's hurt my enjoyment. I think visually it was great. I think it was probably a bit of a stretch to have a big whale jump. Yeah, I I, I hated that part. It's only because it's cinematic, yeah, isn't it? It makes, I mean, it makes a good trailer. So, uh, yeah, it's great how you brought up Castaway because Castaway just shows you the same type of movie but just done right. <laughs> and as well, the acting in Castaway is really solid. Oh, I mean, yeah. Tom Hanks gets the Academy Award. He's acting against a volleyball, you know. Um, That's a really good point. The kid in this, the kid in this is he's a kid, really. And even like the adult version, I think I read somewhere that the two of them didn't meet until it was after it was all filmed. The two of them? You know? Oh, the... Uh, the young and old version of Pi. Oh, okay. You know? Yeah. Well, they wouldn't have needed to, would they? No. I mean, <laughs> there's no scenes with them together. So, you know, the character's not really that fluid, maybe. I don't know. Well, it's you just brought up the Academy Awards with um, Castaway. This won a lot of awards. Um, uh, it did. Last year. And... The same reaction with Slumdog Millionaire. I came out of Slumdog Millionaire going, oh, that movie's all right. It's pretty good. And then the moment it won Best Picture, I was like, what? That's the best? You guys believe that's the best film of the year? Oh, come on. And then the film became horrible for me. Slumdog Millionaire. Same with Mm. Life of Pi. I came out of going, oh, that movie's all right. You know, not bad. It was okay. And then it won all these Academy Awards. I was like, no way. (laughs) Look, the ones I can understand, I guess you can go director for Ang Lee, um, even though everyone wished it was Ben Affleck yeah. for uh, Argo, you know, but he wasn't even, yeah, nominated, wasn't even nominated, so somebody <laughs> had to get it. So it's all right, Ben, don't worry. <laughs> um, so Ang Lee gets it, but because of the visuals, I mean, that's the direction, you know, that he's really nailed. I think having all those kind of uh, glowing jellyfish at night, you know, I mean... Visually, it's a very well-put-together movie. I just didn't feel the content was great. Mm. And I I wish that framing device wasn't there, you know? Yeah. Even a voiceover might have been better. What are the high points of the film for you? The ones that got got to you, I guess. Mm, Okay. Um, I suppose, like I said, all the stuff... The stuff before. And I think he did a good job on the monologue where he's in, in hospital doing what was the truth you know and he tells the whole probably real story you know where he loses his family and uh you know you can't you can't prove anything he says happens yep either way you know they didn't find him with the tiger or anything like that um he loses his family everyone on the ship he lost all his notes about the experience you know he he might have hit his head dreamed it all except some time has passed, you know. So I think he did a good job delivering that monologue, which was the truth. Uh, I, I completely agree. I also like it when the tiger goes away and he, he just collapses on the beach and the tiger gets out and stretches. And I like the detail of the design, how skinny the tiger is because uh, he hasn't been eating mm-hmm. a lot and he just goes off into the jungle and that's the last they'll ever see of each other. 
And he has a um, a few touching lines after that where he says, you know, you got to say goodbye to someone, and he realizes how important um, time together, your time together with someone is, and you got to uh, express. Uh, everything while you still have that time together you know i really like that part of it and the um the island the weird island that ate everything <laughs> yeah the island i mean i was fine with the island until i heard it was carnivorous and magical. <laughs> well i like that this? part because it was just like well that could possibly exist but <laughs> you are stretching it <laughs> mm. yeah yeah so the, there I are fragments of it that are, that are pretty good very good and yeah. look um i've got nothing against the cinematography i think that was really well shot i just was like i was like what's gerard Depardieu doing in that one scene you know i was i knew i was watching a movie and i knew i was watching an adventure and it felt like it was more for kids i don't know um i know there was some dark parts where the animals die and stuff mm. but still i don't know i don't know why i thought this was like a kidsy adventure movie but as a kid's movie do you think it's pretty good though probably yeah. um like i said my 18 month old really liked it she was just like going nuts for all the animals <laughs> <laughs> yes yeah, so, uh, it's all about the yeah. it's all about the notion of truth really i mean are you are you with me guessing that the truth was probably that his mother died and yeah. she was the orangutan and jared depardieu was the the tiger and that sort of thing yep. i guess if that were true if Jared Depardieu was the tiger and the tiger got to land and walked away, he would be out there somewhere and there would be another person to prove this story happened. Sure. But that's not really covered off in the movie <laughs> either. Anyway, um, at the end, you get in the credits, the making and legal distribution of this film supported 14,000 jobs and involved 600,000 work hours. Wow. That's what it says after the credits. And that's like a real, hey, even if you didn't like this film. <laughs> we put a lot of effort into it, man. <laughs> yeah, that annoyed me that it was just I like. I didn't even notice we that. We worked really hard on this well, film, When did guys. it come? Like, a lot of people. Did it come at the beginning of the credits? Like, right when. Right, right at the end. Oh, right, right at the after end, the sure. end of the credits. That was the bit of text right after the end. And I thought, oh, it's like, it's good. 14,000 people had jobs and lots of people worked for lots of hours. But. <laughs> Do you want to know that? Well, really? so did Armageddon. I, oh, sorry, no, uh, Pearl Harbor. I'm sure everyone worked their butts off on that movie, and it's a terrible movie. You know, granted, yeah, you got a lot of effort, but it's a terrible movie. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, look, I can see the good stuff in Life of Pi. Maybe if I read the book, this will... Well, maybe, like, most books are made into films and people think the book is yeah. better. So, you know, if you like, I don't know... Um, Slumdog Millionaire, uh, We Bought a Zoo, and Amelie. Maybe the mix of the three becomes this movie. Sure. Plus Castaway. Yeah, I could see that. I, I think um, you spoilt the whole thing by saying Castaway because it's just a vastly superior film. I can't see anything else. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, all I can think well, of, okay. I want to watch Castaway again. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we can agree that the shipwreck scene was pretty spectacular. Yeah, yeah. And, and the, the joke about how... The tiger's name is Richard Parker, <laughs> you know, because of the mistake on the paper and where he goes to feed the tiger and, you know, he's going to get his hand ripped off if he goes to the yeah, bars that, like that's that. that's pretty full on, yeah. And I like, I love the yeah. shots in India when he was just going to school and walking around and he was swimming at that um, swimming pool and stuff like that. That was, that was really fantastic. 
And look, I got nothing against any of the beginning stuff before the shipwreck. You know, I thought it was really interesting. He has the family dynamic. He has, uh, he's hitting the, the drums and he's there for the dance. And each hand motion that they dance means something different, mm, you know? Yeah. Um, there's a lot of detail and texture to that world that I thought was really good. It's just that all the stuff with the tiger, which is the, the real crucial stuff of the film, didn't really interest sure. me. I don't know. Definitely. Yeah. Look, in the book, it says 227 days had passed yep. from the sinking to the washing ashore, which I don't know how many crackers and stuff he has there, <laughs> but 227 days, like, you know, that's that's heading towards a year. I hope it? his I mean, fishing is really good, man. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's it, isn't it? They, they skim over the whole thing. He, I suppose he wouldn't have grown any facial hair, but his hair could have been a bit longer. Oh, that's a good point, yeah. I don't know. It maybe it doesn't feel like 227 days in the film. <laughs> Just kind of cuts right past it. Hey, uh, Lloyd. Yep. I'm going to do the uh, recommendation segment now, I think. Okay, yeah, sure thing. Let's. Here is the opener. Let's roll it. watch dave so lloyd uh there was a tv show that completely was missed by me hbo television um which as everybody knows game of thrones uh you've got a lot of hbo programs coming through it's not tv it's hbo isn't it lloyd? <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> so uh six feet under is the program and i never watched any episodes of it before i caught some of it late night on tv and uh since then i've purchased the box set and i've been working my way through it and it's really quite fantastic and i have this feeling that it's going to be one of like everybody's saying this but for me it's going to be one of those shows where you watch the whole thing and then by the end you say that was one of the best series of programs i've ever have seen you got to and the i think end? it's not okay. yet no and i think it's helping that i'm watching it not week to week you know Oh, you're watching then it I'm all able, in ma- massive chunks, in massive doses. Yeah, I'm able to put on a few episodes at a time. Oh, I love that. Um, and I feel like that really helps the program because even if there's any scenes that are wasted, they're quickly forgotten by the action and whatever else is going on. I um, bought this series as well. My brother and his girlfriend watched the whole thing and they loved it. I have still not found time to watch this show, but I've heard nothing but great things about it. Exactly. Well, I'm... I'm getting in there. There's five seasons, so I'm uh, rounding the end of season two. Um, not sure where the episodes I've seen fall, um, but they are much later in um, in the chronology, I'm guessing, uh, based on what I already know. So uh, I'm finding this very fascinating, very interesting, and if you haven't seen Six Feet Under, I, I like I said, I haven't heard anybody um, say anything bad about this either, Lloyd. Really. Yeah. No, um... Alan Ball, uh, he co-wrote, I think, American Beauty, I think. Is that right? I don't think he co-wrote it. I think it was just him. Oh, he wrote it? Okay, sure. Yeah, and then he went off to do this series afterwards, or was was American Beauty during the same time? Okay, so afterwards, yeah. Afterwards, and then um, I think American Beauty was his breakout piece. I don't know if there was anything before that. And since then, he's done True Blood as well. Wow. it's, it's yeah, so which, great with TV shows. I, I think you have so much depth. You can go so deep into characters compared to movies. And with HBO, doesn't have that problem with audiences. Well, I, th- I think it still does to a degree, but 
it, it doesn't have that where commercials dictate where the story should go or anything like that. The, David Simon, who did The Wire, arguably the greatest TV show ever made, um, he always says, like, a lot of TV shows, you have to write it for the commercial break. So it has to be gripping so the viewer doesn't, you know, turn off or switch channels, ha- stays on that, watches a commercial, and then continue on, which is a great art in itself, but you're constantly disrupting the flow of the drama. HBO doesn't mm-hmm. have that at all because the cable pays for it so you pay a subscription they've got the money already so they don't care about advertising to jam in there and they're really good yeah they really do hbo does a really good job of catering to that writing staff or to that project till the end only a few movie shows they've cancelled midway unfortunately deadwood and a couple of others but the ones that they've gone the whole way with the whole nine yards such as this show um uh, six feet under uh, they've prospered greatly as you know gone down critically as one of the great shows ever definitely and look um thoroughly enjoying it and if anybody else hasn't jumped on board and seen it i'm putting it out there as i feel like it's an amazing program it's just finding time to watch such you know <laughs> it is yeah, yeah. I, well i think every season is 12 or 13 episodes and there's five seasons so you do the math and uh, see if it's something you can commit time to. Michael C. Hall as well. Um, obviously, he's the guy that plays Dexter. Um, he's a completely different character in this. He's uh, he's gay. He's a funeral home uh, director, and he's really uptight, you know. Um, and it's it's his family. He's not exactly the main character, but um, he's the brother of the main character. But it's such a sort of ensemble piece that really no one is the main character. It's It's... The format of this show, and this isn't a spoiler, but every episode in the first few minutes, somebody dies. And their funeral is the focal point of the show. Right. So, you know, somebody might die. You're trying to figure out who it is in the opening scene. And then when they die, it's all about their death and their life. But as well, it reflects what the characters are going through or it relates to, you know, pushing the story forward. Wow. So while we're on Life of Pi, I thought something life and death like this would be worth a mention on the podcast. Luke. No, definitely. I completely agree, and I can see that um, comparison. Hey, uh, Lloyd, if we were looking for, I don't know, some obscure films, but maybe some with, like, our favourite stars in them, do you uh, do you know any YouTube channels <laughs> that we could uh, Absolutely. Could you could go to podmeifyoucan.com, follow the links, go to our YouTube channel, which is also called Podme If You Can, and it has five to six-minute um, reviews, video reviews, on obscure movies that we found in the reject shop or bargain bins. Um, starring uh, stars that you of course know but in very strange films usually it's towards the end of their career and there's you know they're in really horrible movies or the start of their career and they're in really horrible or sometimes wonderful movies (laughs) yes we have found a few rare gems haven't we absolutely um, you know we wouldn't have found if we weren't doing this uh, we're calling it pod me if you can tv and uh, at this stage there's now we're getting up towards 15 to 20 episodes so um yeah, there's a few there to take a look at if you can find some time. Um, lots of stars there, but yeah, uh, I've really enjoyed doing the video podcasts. A little, nice little accompaniment yeah. to uh, these audio ones. Definitely. So if you have the time, check it out and then feel free to give us some feedback on the Facebook page or any of the links at www.podmeifyoucantv. Thanks, guys. Hey, Lloyd, uh, the next, next podcast. No, you're right. <laughs> I'll just cut you off. <laughs> the next podcast, guys, if you're looking for it, is going to be Upside Down. 
which is exactly what it sounds like. Uh, it's uh, Jim Sturgis and Kirsten Dunst in a very unconventional science fiction-y kind of uh, love story. So, uh, Lloyd, I will look forward to that one. Definitely. Thanks, guys. All the best. <laughs>